What's so funny? What are y'all laughing at? Um, first of all, uh, I'm excited to see how the church has grown. Look forward to seeing all of y'all here next week. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, right? Right. Okay. You know, Easter is it's like uh, the Super Bowl for pastors, right? You got to put on a good show because everybody's expecting you to dress nice, strike one. They expect you to have a good Easter sermon, strike two. And they expect you to be they expect you to be surrounded by good people, but I'm with a bunch of nightlife kids instead, strike three. No. I love my people. I love my people. Um Obviously, Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus. He died on the cross, and three days later, he rose again and conquered the death, conquered death, conquered the grave, and gave us the opportunity for forgiveness. But I didn't want to preach on that today. Instead, I wanted to preach on something a little different. These are my kids, Ben and Sarah. Some of you know the story about Sarah. Uh, ben is... Um, the one with the french fries in the mouth. When I adopted my children, it was such an easy decision, you know? They were smart. They were funny. They loved me. I loved them. They were awesome. And it was such an easy call. They were the best of the best. Clean cut. Their mom was awesome. So I, I married her to get the chance to adopt them. No, just kidding. Um, and it's a decision I've never regretted a day in my life because it was so easy. Right? It's like choosing a Lexus over a Toyota. You know, the role of a dad is very important in a child's life. Matter of fact, a lot of people say, and the reason I'm sitting down is that I want you to get the feeling like I'm a psychiatrist, right? A lot of psychiatrists say that the, between the ages of 5 and 18, the most important influential person in a young person's life is their dad and what they believe their dad thinks of them. <clears throat> so like if you're between the ages of 5 and 18 and you know that your dad values you and you know that your dad prizes you and you know that your dad loves you, even if you might have some struggles, you're still going to probably turn out okay because you have a, a, an ingrained sense of self-worth and value because you know that daddy loves you. But as we know, a lot of people have daddy issues. Because we as dads are flawed. Sometimes we don't love our kids the way we're supposed to. And that gives bad effect. It scars them. And sometimes it can even leave them dead. I want to talk about resurrecting orphans. And I want to discuss the process, right, of how the Heavenly Father, Heavenly Dad, makes us His own. Yes, we understand that Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus. We got that. We understand that. It's all over everywhere today. But the resurrection of Jesus is meaningless if it doesn't result in the resurrection of orphans. 
Let me explain. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'm just going to read a couple of verses to you. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And so this adoption that that Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians is based on the work of Christ, which is the death and the burial and and the resurrection. And so because he conquered the grave, he conquered death, what the band was just singing about a few minutes ago, because of that, Heavenly Dad has this amazing ability to resurrect dead orphans. Who are these dead orphans? And how did they get that way? And you can see in the passage that I just read for you, the word adopted is a theology that Paul talks about all throughout his letters. This adoption concept is huge in understanding the theology of what the Apostle Paul teaches. How do we, as children of a father that is just itching to kill us, become children of God. And let me explain to you what I mean. The Scripture teaches us, and we're going to read it in just a minute, the Scripture teaches us that we have a natural spiritual father who is the father of lies. The father of darkness, the father of deception. And he hates his kids. He'd like to see them all die. And so we're stuck in this quandary, right? This conundrum of the fact that that we desire to have spiritual life, but we're born of this spiritual father who's dark and wicked and and who wants us to be dead. And he's the father of lies and everything that has to do with lying. And yet we have this desire to be connected to a father that loves us. See, the first point I want to give you is that we are born spiritually dead, dominated, depraved, and children of Satan. Let me explain. You've heard out there that says we're all God's children. In reality, that's not what the Scripture teaches. Let me read this to you. And you he made alive, which means that at one point you were dead, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So you see there the correlation. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Look at this passage here in John 8. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I've mentioned here in the past the fact that you never have to teach a child how to lie. They're kind of born with that. 
And you don't have to teach them how to rebel. Now listen, little Johnny, I'm going to give you a lesson today. This is Rebellion 101. When I tell you to do something, you say, no. All right, let's try it. Johnny, clean your room. No, good job, Johnny. No, you don't have to train a kid to be rebellious. You don't have to train a kid a lie. See, the, basically, the concept we see here, what the Scripture teaches us in John, is that we are born with one main desire, which is fulfill, to fulfill the lusts of our flesh. That's our driving, dominant desire. And that is exactly the DNA that we get from our real, real spiritual dad, which is Satan. That's our nature, guys. It's not fun to think about. It's not fun to admit, but the scripture is very clear. That's how we're born. And the evidence is very overwhelming. We don't have to be taught how to sin. We automatically are bent that way. See, that's the nature of our spiritual father. When he lies, he's speaking his native language. He's the liar and the father of lies. And we see in other places in scripture the fact that his desire is not to sacrifice so that we might live. His desire is to bring us down with him so that we get the same thing he's got coming. Could you imagine, guys? Look, us earthly dads, we're not perfect. We make tons of mistakes, but could you imagine if your earthly dad hated you so much he wanted to kill you? Yeah, we're flawed, but that's pretty messed up, right? I mean, could you imagine if your earthly dad was so messed up that he wanted to destroy? I want everything my child does to be a complete failure, an utter disaster. I want him to have great pain, great anguish throughout his life, and I want it to end tragically. That's the nature of our natural spiritual dad. It's not a good position to be in, is it? But God. Matter of fact, that's exactly how the next passage of Scripture we're going to read starts. Remember the first one, right? He made you alive, but you were dead. You walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom you all conducted yourselves or ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, just like all the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even while, guys, get this, even when we were dead in trespasses. His love did not come after we were alive. His love was while we were dead, while we were children of our spiritual father, the devil who hated us. While we were dead, made us alive together in Christ, the resurrection. By grace you have been saved. And then he raised us up together. Another picture of resurrection. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So in the midst of being born dead, spiritually dominated, depraved, children of darkness, sons of disobedience, from the father of lies who speaks his native tongue whenever he speaks, which is lying, in the midst of that, our spiritual condition is dead. It, it would be like, it'd be like this. 
if you were to go into an orphanage and they line up the kids for you to choose, right? And let's say they rank them. Like the first row is going to be the good ones, right? These are the youngest ones and they're pretty and they're smart. They got great personalities and, and you know, they great. And then you got, you know, the second tier. I'm just being real with you, right? We got the second tier and then you got... And what happens if you went to the orphanage and you said, no, 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 show me the dead ones. Show me where the dead ones are. Excuse me? I want to adopt a dead orphan. Here's what Heavenly Dad does. He goes in to the dirty, scummy, smelly orphanage of dead souls, reaches down through the sewage, through the decomposition, through the muck, through the mire, and he reaches into the corner of spiritually dead orphans and he lifts them out. And he says, I'm raising you up, even though you're dead, I love you. I'm raising you up. I'm making you alive in Christ Jesus because of the power of the resurrection. We, ha- we now have victory over death. I'm making you alive. And not only that, I'm pulling you up and I'm sitting you right next to me so that you are heir to everything that I am. Wow. He skips right by the ones that are living and goes right to the dead ones. And he resurrects us as dead orphans, spiritually dead orphans, raises us up and sits us with him. <coughs> it says in Ephesians chapter 1, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons and daughters by Christ Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. The reality that we were dead orphans spiritually, lifeless souls, the scripture teaches us, should be totally unattractive to anyone, especially a holy and perfect God who, frankly, if he wanted kids, he could create his own. He could create Einsteins that had hearts like Mother Teresa. Yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it, Brigham? He could create Michael Jordans that gave money away like Warren Buffett. But instead, he goes to the orphanage of dead, smelly, scummy, lifeless souls, reaches back into the corner where all the dead ones are, and picks them out one by one. Not as a group. This isn't a, 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 pers- a personal thing. It's not like just some sort of random. It's personal. I want that dead one. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I'm saving them from their spiritual dad who hates them. And then he gives us, as dead orphans, who is resurrected, right? He's made us alive. He gives us this incredible place of honor as his children raises us up to sit with him. And the scripture says, and the picture in scripture is, when you see that idea of sitting next to the father, that means he gets my stuff. That's what it means. He gets my stuff. Yes, he was dead. His dad hated him. 
And yeah, I know his DNA ain't good, but that's okay. I'm picking him up. I'm giving him life. I'm making him alive. I'm raising him up. I'm bringing him into my house. I'm putting him right next to me, and he gets all my stuff. Isn't that amazing? So what is the miraculous point? Where is the nexus? Where is this focal point, this pinnacle time when we become alive in Christ Jesus? We were once dead orphans and then we are transformed into living spiritual beings who have this relationship with heavenly dad. And I don't want to even call him God today. Matter of fact, I rarely do. I call him heavenly dad. When do we develop? When does this relationship with Heavenly Dad actually start? Well, we are given that life through the gift of the ability to believe in Heavenly Dad, to believe in God. Here's what it says in Ephesians. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, or else you'd be able to brag. Not only that, we understand in the first part of this passage, he says you're dead. Dead people can't work. Dead people can't please Heavenly Dad. Dead people can't journey toward God. You're dead. You're done. Helpless. Hopeless. But God goes to where you are. To the orphanage. To the back corner where the dead souls are. He picks you up personally, by name, raises you up. And he says, Joe Davis, you were dead. Your father, the devil, is a dark, disgusting, wicked dad. He hates you. And you've got all his characteristics and qualities. You've got his eyes. You've got his hair. You've got his mind. You've got all of his desire to sin. But I'm picking you up anyway. I'm raising you up. I'm sitting you next to me. And in the process, I'm going to give you the ability to trust that I love you. I know that you've been wounded. I know that you've never experienced real love before. I know that what you thought was love was actually hate and anger and resentment because that's all your real dad could do. But me, your heavenly dad, is giving you the ability to trust that I love you. See, guys, that's supernatural. See, not only does he take us out of that dirty, smelly orphanages, rescuing us from our father that wants to kill us, but he gives us the gift of faith that allows us to trust our new dad when we had no trust for our old dad that wanted to destroy us. We had a father that we could not trust. And then we were given a new father who we are given the ability to believe will save us from death and destruction. Because that, after all, is what a father should be. He takes away our stupid, foolish, arrogant pride in our own dead selves. He takes away our only one desire, which is we only want to focus on our flesh and the desires of our heart and the desires of our mind. And he transforms all that. And he gives us a reason to brag, but it's not because we work, but we brag about what? What our dad did. Oh, yeah? Well, my dad can resurrect dead orphans. Can yours? Isn't that amazing? 
And so when we have this, this transformational time where we go from being dead orphans and God saves us, He raises us up, He gives us life, He gives the ability to, to trust that He loves us, that He cares for us, that He's going to redeem us and resurrect us. When we have been given that gift of faith, something magical happens and we say, wow, my dad rocks. And God gets all the credit. And on top of that, he doesn't just resurrect us, right? He doesn't just resurrect us and take us from the dead orphanage and raise us up and sit us with him and give, him all his, give us all his stuff and give us the ability to believe. He doesn't stop there. He gets the credit for all that, but then something even more miraculous happens. And this is a true sign of the resurrection in your life. If you truly have been resurrected from being a dead orphan to a live child of God, here's what happens. He gives you a purpose. The next verse. For we are his workmanship. See, we saw in the first verse, it's not by works or else you'd brag. And then the scripture says very clearly, it's his work. We are his work created in Christ Jesus for more good works, which God prepared the, beforehand that we should walk into them. And then all of a sudden, we were dead orphans, we're made alive. We believe that Heavenly Dad loves us and we put our faith and trust in Him. We see what He does with our heart, with our mind, with our desires, with our motives, and we say, wow, my dad rocks. Let me tell you about him. It's just like a little child loves to perform for their earthly dad. Kind of like refrigerator art. You know, dad, look at this. And usually, you know, it's outside the lines. The hair is colored blue. You know, the grass is orange, you know. But earthly dad loves it, doesn't he? That's awesome, son. That's awesome, daughter. I'm putting it right here on the refrigerator for everybody to see. And he's proud of it. When we do works to show Heavenly Dad, how much we love and appreciate what He's done for us, it's not perfect. Sometimes it's colored outside the lines. Sometimes we use the wrong crayon in the wrong place. But we were dead before. We were dead. He made us alive. And we put these things together and we give them, say, Heavenly Dad, thank you for giving me life. He loves them. He gave us the opportunity to do them. And so what we see today is the fact that Easter is not just about the resurrection of Jesus. Because if that's all it was, it would just be a good show. Right? Wow, that guy came back from, from the dead. I got to see that. Look up on YouTube. But that's not what it's about. The resurrection of Jesus is more about the resurrection of us. Because we are the dead orphans. Our real spiritual dad, the devil, hated us. And we had all his DNA, all his qualities, all his characteristics. It was natural for us to be that way. But through the power of Christ, resurrecting from the grave, defeating death, defeating hell, God now takes that power and goes into the orphanage, picks us out by name, one by one, lifts us up, makes us alive, puts us right next to him. 
gives us the ability to love and trust the fact that He cares for us. <coughs> and then He transforms our heart and life. And now all of a sudden, these dead orphans are full of life and good works and God gets all the credit. Heavenly Dad. So my hope for you this week as you leave this service is that you'll recognize the power of the resurrection. What the power of the resurrection did for you in reality, it started a loving, miraculous adoption process. Okay, Jesus, you came back. Let's go adopt some dead orphans. Heavenly Dad, I'm so thankful that you, by your goodwill, reached down, grabbed my dead, lifeless soul that was full of scars and dark DNA from my spiritual dad, And through the power of the resurrection of your own son, you made me your own. You put me right next to you, gave me the gift and the ability to know that you love me, and then gave me the opportunity to make refrigerator art. Thank you for resurrecting us.